Okay, so we're looking ahead to game week five. We'll check out the best fixtures for you to target in terms of captaincies or if you're making your transfers. So, Greg, what do you uh, what do you make of this? Yeah, I know we've been talking about your about your predictive models and stuff in the in the last episode, but now we're going to be putting it to the test over here. Eh? Yeah, exactly. It's going to be nice to actually take a look a little bit more in depth of the data. We can we can have a look at clean sheet odds, and we can have a look at uh, you know predicted goals for the different games and win probabilities, and then and then most importantly, captaincy options. We can actually really look at at one game where you can see who who the best players are and and maybe some some punts you didn't think of as well. Nice, nice, nice. So let's let's kick it off with. A Friday deadline. I don't know why it is. I just like Friday deadlines. I feel having that earlier deadline gives me less time to think, which means that uh, and there's football to watch on a Friday, which is awesome. And it's actually a nice fixture to kick off with Newcastle versus Leeds, the two teams with the most kamikaze defenders uh, at the moment, which hopefully does give points on both ends. Yeah. Now looking at uh, your your models over here. Bamford rates quite highly in in this one over here. I know that uh, Willock, Wilson, they also come up quite high as well, if I'm not mistaken. What yes. do you make of this uh, of, of this fixture? You expect it to be a high scoring game? Yeah, I think I think it will be high scoring. I've got Newcastle um, and Leeds at 1.5 goals each, which nice. is relatively high. So I think uh, you know the maximum I've got for this whole game week is Liverpool and City at uh, 2.2. Um, so it means that there will be goals. Uh, you can also see that um, the, the game is very even. It's 51-49 uh, favoring Newcastle in terms of win probability. Is, there, is um, that just because of home advantage or something like that? Yeah, I think I think home advantage plays plays a toll to it. Um, but I think uh, you know Leeds have been very leaky. Newcastle are actually quite clinical when it comes to to scoring goals. Yeah, um, that is true. They've got some some very good players. Uh, Wilson, we'll see if he's if he's injured. I think that'll be a huge blow to them, and, and perhaps maybe the, the the deciding factor on on the on the night. But I still like uh, you know Danny Willock had, had an incredible season last season, and I think he it's a chance for him maybe to to come through and show his. Uh, his chops at six million. Yeah, uh, one of my favorite transfers of last season was was Willock towards the right, right at the end. Yeah. He just banged and banged and banged, and he was an absolute legend differential for me. So yeah, I'll be looking out for him as well because I'd like to get him back if he's, he if uh, if the numbers look good there as well. And uh, yeah, so last week everybody was targeting Newcastle to captain Ronaldo, rightfully so. And it paid off for those people who did it. Any chance here of a captaincy, if, if a completely left field option to captain a Leeds player? Well, both defenses are so poor. So if you had a Wilson in your team who's playing or Bamford on the other side, any possibility of that happening? Yeah, Wilson's actually ranked sixth, sixth overall for, for the game week. So if, if, I had, if Wilson's fit... Um, you know, and I, if I had him in my team and he was fit, I think he would certainly be a be an outside punt. Um, Bamford's much lower down; he's in in seventeenth. Uh, so I think uh, I think it favours the Newcastle the Newcastle guys with with the Leeds defence being so poor at the moment. 
yeah interesting one over there and uh, yeah i suppose defenders we won't even talk about them in this game over here because both teams have been just so bad defensively exactly and uh, next up is wolves and brentford who are xg united versus brentford so what do we make of them yeah i mean we we did speak of them uh, during the last episode, you know, I was talking about, you know, we spoke about in detail about Raul Jimenez, you know, we've spoken about size. And I remember you saying that, you know, just next three fixtures, let's just go with them for a little bit. Let's see how it goes. And then from there, we decide, okay, you know what, if you, if you, if you can't score over the next three fixtures, then you know what, it's time to, it's time for you to go, which, and the next three fixtures is Brentford, Southampton, Newcastle, which doesn't get much better than that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this is a prime fixture for Wolves. I mean, they're favoured to win, win win plus draws at 64%. Um, and their clean sheet odds are 47% for the game, which is incredibly high. Uh, Liverpool and City only at 49 So Interesting. I think, uh, yeah, I think it's time for Wolves to perform. Uh, interestingly enough, though, um, if I look at the projections, uh, if you were to go for a Wolves player, it actually likes Romain Sace as, as, as a captain's option the most because of the, <laughs> because of the high clean sheet probability. Interesting so, one. Yeah. Yeah, imagine captaining a defender because of high. I think, uh, you know, that's almost like sacrilege in the FPL community. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. It's, it's, it's not a usual thing. And uh, look, he's only in, I think, 15th place. So there are far better options for sure. But uh, yeah, he's the highest highest probability um scorer in 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 that match interesting well i suppose then uh, we uh, you know it will it still won't be surprising to see these random accounts pop up in triple captaining Raul Jimenez this weekend but <laughs> yeah we, we will see about that uh, and then we spoke about brentford's uh, low xg uh, numbers during uh, the last episode as well surprisingly they had the low so sorry not xg expected goals conceded yeah. which was actually quite interesting because it, it the numbers were quite amazing and but we also spoke about the fact that it's wolves up next and liverpool west ham chelsea leicester so from game week five to game week nine it's absolutely horrendous fixtures for them yeah it is and it, it does speak to their defense a little bit that you know wolves expected goals are only 1.4 um, and Wolves are the, the third highest, have the third highest odds to win this week. But they're, in terms of goals, uh, expected goals, it's, it's, it's much, much lower than that. So it does speak a little bit to, towards uh, Brentford's defence. But unfortunately, Brentford's, Brentford's scoring ability and Wolves' defence sort of all outweigh that. So I would expect a, a relatively low-scoring low game, unfortunately for me, as a double Wolves attacking uh, owner. But uh, I think I think this is one of the games that's going to be going to possibly see the f- the fewest goals. Interesting, yeah. And uh, so funny enough, just looking at Brentford over here, game week 10, 11, and 12, they got Burnley, Norwich, Newcastle. But then after that, it 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 goes a bit bad again. But if you really want a future plan, at game week 25, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, they've got like. Crystal Palace, Arsenal, Newcastle, Norwich, Burnley. So, yeah, yeah, maybe you can just play your wild card in 24, then second wild card. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right. And then the next game is, you know, potential relegation six points a year Burnley versus <laughs> Arsenal. 
So Burnley have been so poor. I think now the whole, uh, you know, the mysteriousness around their defense of saying it's a difficult defensive fixture that's gone out of the window. Now we we don't care about that much anymore. And Arsenal, well, they came away with the win against Norwich um, there, uh, last week. What do you make of this game, yeah? Well, we spoke last week and said that you know Arsenal have to prove themselves now and. Uh, Look, they they got a one 0 victory last week. It wasn't uh, wasn't anything special, but he has another opportunity to to possibly put some players on our radar. Um, you know, Pepe is popping up a lot on my on my uh, model, and if if we start to get some trust for Arsenal again, then then possibly he becomes an option. So yeah, As, yeah, and especially with the the price drops that have happened for virtually all of their players, but especially the two that I'm looking at is Emil Smith Rowe and uh, Bukayo Saka I think they they're so cheap at the moment they've oh, they've both dropped like by 0.2 or 0.3 from the original prices so there might be some bargains to be had over there as budget enablers as well yeah exactly I mean I think I think until they start performing you've just got so many other better ones at the moment um, I'd certainly go go gray from Everton over over any of those two and then I'd rather pay a little bit more for for Pepe if I was forced to but yeah, I think uh, you know Arsenal. You just as you as you said, it almost seems like they're still in that relegation battle zone at the moment. Um, so we have to. I mean, they even scraped a win against Norwich. Just imagine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. No, exactly. I think uh, nothing changes from on our outlook uh, with New with with Arsenal specifically. I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, I think both teams, Arsenal and Burnley, are just pretty much avoids at the moment. Yeah. Um, they're just other players from other teams Actually, there's fixtures. one player that i wanted to talk about is ramsdale he's 4.5 yeah. and uh, i mean a player i mean a 4.5 million goalkeeper at arsenal is quite uh, a bit of uh, i'd say fpl gold if you want to call it that over there what do you make of that do you think it might be worth to to have a look at him at some point in time look i mean the, the worst thing that can happen in the world is you, you pick a goalkeeper and then he doesn't play um it's and one of those burnt Leno there as well. Yeah, yeah, and 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 the thing is, it's it's one of those things where, you know, of all the positions in your team, your goalkeeper is the one that you really don't want to make any transfers for. You want to find it because because the incremental gain from a goalkeeper is just so small. You want to find a 4.5 or a 5 million goalkeeper, and you want to put them in your team and you want to have them in for 20 weeks and and not worry about them until you basically click the wildcard button and and then you can choose the, the best keeper for the for the second half of the season so I, I would i would avoid just just because of a, a you know that rotation risk and and arsenal being so poor at the moment yeah no uh, definitely i think uh, that was more or less my thoughts on it as well because uh, last season i played my wildcard around game 31 or 32 and then i brought in burnt leno into my team and he kept a clean sheet the first game and they had a good run of fixtures uh, because they i think they actually finished the season off quite well if i'm not mistaken and uh, and then the next then then uh, matt ryan played one game and then it was such a mess and then I, you know it was and by then like I said it was the last wild card yeah. <laughs> and it was past gaming 30 and then uh, yeah you like virtually playing without a keeper <laughs> after that you know yeah it's, uh, and it's just points that you could you, it's just such frustrating points to lose as well exactly yeah and then next up is Liverpool versus Crystal Palace 
which I'm sure is um, quite high up the list for potential captaincy options over there, considering that Liverpool have had quite a good record against Palace at home. Uh, we, I suppose we're not expecting another 7-0 like last season, right? Uh, they look a little bit better this season. So yeah. what do you make of this fixture, yeah? Yeah, the, Palace have looked better, um, but Liverpool have also looked better. And yeah. uh, I think, I mean, it's it's the highest uh, predicted goals for any team uh, this this week. Um, just over 2.2 goals for, for Liverpool. So, and a clean sheet uh, probability of 49%, which is very, very high. Um, I think the highest for the entire season remaining is, is 55%. So it's, it's, it's incredibly high. I think your, your captain options definitely come from, from uh, Liverpool. Uh, if, you don't, uh, if you don't have Salah, then you should probably just uh, go to your FPL website and delete your team because he, he is by and far... The FPL the, king. <laughs> the FPL king at the moment. And you know we spoke in the last episode about you know, the three premiums and we've got to choose two. I think it's more more a case of you have Salah, and, and then which one, one which one of Ronaldo and Lukaku are you going to choose? Uh, he's just too good, and his stats are too good, and he outperforms his stats, and uh, he really is incredible. And I, I think if you're not going to go him, um, maybe maybe sort of the the punt that you could go for is is Mane. If even with his poor finishing, Mane's um, you know up up in second on my on my model, uh, which does take some some of the delta into into consideration. So. Um, if Mane's finishing starts to improve, I wouldn't be surprised to see a Mane hat trick at the at the at the weekend. Interesting, yeah, uh, and especially since he got into some good scoring positions, but just wasted so many chances against Leeds. Yeah, exactly, and he's a kind of player. I mean, he scored towards the end of, towards the end of the game, and he is that kind of player who just needs to get the goal. And if and I think if he can get a goal early in the game. Then, then you, then you're really in the mix. And I suppose that whole performance as well is typical of Liverpool, where Salah can kind of feed off scraps and score goals, you know, more, even from uh, and and vastly outperform his xG most times. Whereas, like you look at Mane, you probably look at him and think, okay, especially since last season, he needs a few more chances to score. Yeah, I mean, last season, you know, he had a very, very poor season in my mind as a Liverpool fan. And his delta wasn't as bad as I thought. It was at 88%. So he was underperforming his expected stats, but not by not by a mile, you know. So he just um, wasn't getting into good enough positions to even take shots. Is no, I think saying? no, I think his, he was. I think I think that the key to the guys that really perform at that you know at that sort of price point is that they all outperform their xG quite quite considerably. Yeah. So you know if you if you start to to add 50% uh, performance onto onto his stats from last season, he becomes a an absolute uh, almost no-brain option. So I think you've got to watch him this season. If, if he does start converting his chances, he could potentially become one of those players that you can't go without. So you have um, an 11.9 million dif- differential, which is quite interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it sounds ridiculous, but yes. Yeah. Nah, it, it's, I remember towards the ending of last season when people were getting money into their teams as a differential, and it was so weird, but yeah. it actually made perfect sense because he finished off the season so well. Exactly. Yeah. And... Um, Look, um, I suppose Trent Alexander-Arnold again, no-brainer. You could look, like you said, high clean sheet potential over there and uh, maybe some uh, uh, possibility of some more attacking returns. And then Palace, 
now the one player that looked quite impressive i've looked at some of his numbers is conor gallagher yes he, he, he's on set pieces as well and he looks to be, he, he he looks to be quite a, a, a good player and I, i won't i'll stop short of saying he's a special player because you know that's so used so much these days but he looks to have something about him at the moment he, he has looked good um if i, I put in his stats from from, uh, from last season and they were very very disappointing you only yeah, got well, a he, he played for west brom wasn't it so yeah you can but, understand <laughs> but even even normalized based on based on west brom's sort of uh, you know fixture difficulty um he, he only comes in uh, at a rank of over 200 out of i think about 350 players <laughs> so I, i would be very careful of gallagher i think he has looked good but he's you know his xg is 2.59 in in 270 minutes is almost almost uh, an entire goal ahead of last season in its entirety but uh, I think he he's one to put on my watch list for now until I see um, you know sort of um, continuous uh, conversion and those stats coming through on, on a larger sample then I think maybe worth considering his price is so low that you don't need to rush to yeah to, to exactly even if you get him in around sixes that's fine I think uh, that's okay and looking at I mean looking at his fixture so far okay he played Chelsea first up then he he got uh, three points against Brentford and then the 15 points against West Ham and then the eight against Spurs looking at his upcoming fixtures yes he's got Liverpool then he's got Brighton then Leicester Arsenal Newcastle so kind of a mixed bag and then City and Gaming 10. But Gaming 11 onwards, he's got Wolves, Burnley, Villa, Leeds. So I think it's, considering how these fixtures are going for Palace as well, it gives us enough time to be able to get a, you know, a, a bigger sample of data to work with him and, uh, and maybe possibly target a better fixture run approaching Gaming 10 or 11 as well. Yeah, I think that's perfect. I mean, if you can get 10 weeks of data, basically... Don't bring him in at least until uh, they play City, and then you've got ten weeks of data to look at, and yeah. then and when their fixtures improve, that's 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 where the timing comes in in FPL. And uh, if he showed himself to 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 be up there, then that's the time to bring him in. Yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, so I mean, like I said, I've been so impressed with him so far. But you know, so many players are capable of having these runs of games, like two or three games, where they just look completely unstoppable, and then they disappear and never have a single return for the rest of the season after that, which is quite annoying. <laughs> yeah, the, the bandwagon frustrations for sure. And then next up, I'm sure is is one that uh, you'll be that will be high up on your list for captaincy as well is City versus Southampton. Yeah, City. I mean, they have very similar sort of projections to Liverpool. Um, you know, clean sheets of also forty nine percent, predicted goals also two point two, um, and their win probability is only one percent lower than Liverpool's win draw is at eighty four percent. So. Clearly a big fixture. Um, I think the, in terms of captaincy options, um, my models, in, you know, sort of we touched on it last episode, but Grealish is, is up there, and I think he he's in third place for this week in terms of captaincy options behind Salah and Mane. So if if you're looking to go a City player um, and and willing to play that roulette game, then uh, Grealish is definitely an option. Or you can always just try and put the captaincy of Torres in, on Torres and see how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tor- Torres has been the form player and I think uh, you can't discount that. But uh, 
You know, I think I think personally, very difficult to put an armband on a city player when you when you're so worried about whether they're going to even start the game. Yeah, I want to jinx it for all uh, Grealish owners and say, well, he's nailed in the team, and then watch him uh, get benched on the weekend. <laughs> you just can't. I mean, you, you, everyone who owns a city player is going to be looking at that lineup sheet an hour before the game, <laughs> wondering if their player started. Doesn't matter if it's. Grealish who's played 96% of the minutes, doesn't matter if it's Cancelo who's been playing 100% of the minutes, <laughs> you're still worried that it's it's just your player's yeah. not going to be there. Yeah, I suppose th- there are a list of players that you know that will play like 8 or 9 out of 10 games. And those are the ones you can kind of play through the rotation or whatever. But it's the attackers where it's just so heavy rotation that it becomes very difficult. Like with the Diaz or Cancelo. I don't mind taking a punt on, on, on those type of guys because I think they'll play most games. But with the attackers, it's just a very dangerous game to play there. Yeah, for sure. I agree. Yeah, And then Southampton, to be honest, I'm not going to go there this week. No point because we're not going to be looking at any of their players. I know last week we spoke about Adam Armstrong as a possible uh, budget enabler. But mm. this week, he's probably just going to enable more points for City more than for Southampton. Yeah, so. <laughs> I would like to just shout out to uh, Livermanso. He did come off my bench for, for Mares. Hey, he didn't play. that was a nice one. <laughs> and, got, and got me a little six-pointer. So... Very, very nice uh, defensive option there at uh, 4 million that I, that I picked up at the beginning of the season. See, there's upsides to Antonio getting red cards <laughs> and blanking is that you get livermental points. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I scored Antonio by seven points last week. He's wow, a FPL goal. <laughs> <laughs> He's essential now. He's, <laughs> He's essential. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, those essential shots always kill me. <laughs> and then the next one is... Wow, what, what what a cracking fixture your Norwich and Watford. Do I even have to talk about this one, man? Watford just do my head in every time. It's like, a, you know, I've had Bachman since the beginning of the season, right? Yeah. And at one point, you know, I just checked the FPL Game Week website and it showed that he was sitting on 10 points. 10 points because he was go about, he had save points and he had the clean sheets and all the bonus. And then Wolves scored those two late goals. So it was effectively like an eight-point swing. Man, uh, so I mean, look, you know, not like I was banking on those points because I knew the game wasn't finished, right? But yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, so I haven't lost anything. But it's like, for me, like Watford is just, the numbers are so underwhelming at the moment that whether it's attack or whether it's defense, it just doesn't look great at the moment. And I think a lot of people, I'm seeing a lot of wild cards of people using Dennis. Emmanuel Dennis as, as an enabler to get three premiums in. And I think that is an absolutely ridiculous decision. Yeah, I think it's a mistake. I think, um, again, you, you can't discount the value. You, you, you're so focused on getting that player, let's call it Ronaldo, um, that you're willing to bring in Dennis. And you're not thinking that Ronaldo plus Dennis is going to score you way fewer points. Yeah, you're going to get Ronaldo points plus two. Yeah. <laughs> and which makes no sense if Ronaldo gets 13 and then Emmanuel Dennis gets uh, two. And whereas like if you have two mid-range strikers like Calvert-Lewin and Bamford both return, then you have eight and eight, which is 16 points anyway. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think that you, you, you're going to get a lot more consistency out of the out of option number two. And you're also going to have the ability when they both do really well to to have massive game weeks, whereas yeah, you're so exactly. limited. You're so limited when you've got, you know, like you said last week, Ronaldo got an absolute cracker, 13 points, but your combined 
uh, output for those for those two is only 15. So it really gives you a low ceiling, and uh, that's you think you're actually giving your your high ceiling. It's a bit uh, counterintuitive, but it's it's actually far better to go for the, the cheaper players that that still have the ability to score a lot of points. I mean, you can go Grealish plus another really good uh, midfielder. For instance, or Grealish plus a striker, and you have a balanced or, team. Yeah, or or you know, there's just so many better options. Like you know, we're talking about the common combinations, you know, and I I just did the calculations and I saw that okay, you know, obviously I had Salah and I captained him and that was fine, and I looked at it and I said okay, if for example, let's say I didn't bring in Raúl Jiménez and I got in you know Ronaldo instead, that okay, that would have been a substantial difference. It's a twelve point swing, right? So. Look, I'm, I'm not going to discount that part there specifically. But for the people who do own, like, did own, like, Salah and Ronaldo as well, even in terms of captaincy, though, you know, captaining Ronaldo was except, effectively just a five-point extra, you know. So it's not like you're this massively substantial points differences anyway. And I think people fall into the trap of really overthinking or overstating the importance of, of, of the premiums as well. Yeah, I think the the biggest value for the premiums is the captaincy uh, potential. So you want like you want to have like we spoke about probably two of them, so that you can always have a a captain, a premium captain option when the when the fixtures are really good, uh, because those double points they do make a difference when you you know when, when let's say Liverpool are playing City and and then you get to captain like a, a Lukaku against a really really bottom bottom of the range team um so they're going to be those fixtures where it makes it makes sense but other than that if if you're not captaining them there's not a heck of a lot of value on a long-term basis there is a lot of value in the short term yeah exactly and uh that's why like even you know now as part of my wild card as well i'm kind of debating whether you know, I go with Ronaldo for two weeks and then move to uh, to Lukaku, but then that means I've effectively booked a transfer or just go through with Lukaku and push through those two weeks so that I don't like book transfers over the next two weeks. But and and then it also comes down to captaincy. Like, okay, well, if I do have Ronaldo in my team, yes, we know that over the next two game weeks he has much better fixtures than Lukaku. But will I actually captain him over, say, Salah? And I think that's where I'll need to also differentiate to decide what I'm going to do with those two players. Yeah, I, no, I agree. Yeah, and then uh, then the next up is uh, Villa and Everton. So Villa have been so underwhelming this season. I think, you know, they, they're probably feeling the, you know, they're missing the presence of Grealish in there. They maybe with all the new players that they've got in, maybe the the team is just not as cohesive as it was previously, trying to bed in so many new players. But yeah, defensively, they're not looking that great. Attacking, they don't look that cohesive. Are they like kind of in a void uh, at the moment? Or, or are you looking to say, okay, maybe from... I think is it uh, if I remember from what did I say from game week eight like next three fixtures Everton United Spurs but then after that from game week eight to go Wolves Arsenal West Ham Southampton Brighton Crystal Palace do you possibly look at them from game week eight onwards? Yeah, I think I think they're an option to jump back back onto. Um, at the moment, let's let's get some more data from these games. They, they've got Everton as you said Everton United and then Spurs. Which are all tough fixtures, and at the moment, I don't think you really want to be owning a, any any Villa yeah. players. So I think just steer clear for the moment. 
and then if you know if they start performing we can jump back on whether it's game, game week 8 or game week 11 um, you know there'll be opportunities there to 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 maybe look at uh, Ings again yeah so I would jump back on Villa probably around game week 8 or game week 11 if you want to give it a little bit more time um, but interestingly enough there, there are not a lot of Villa players um, with great stats it really it really shows the impact that Grealish had you know how good his stats were last season so I think you're going to struggle to find uh, out and out options other than probably Ings yeah and uh, Watkins as well last season though he scored quite a few goals it kind of all came in clusters you know he wasn't yeah. you, know, you, you need to have patience with him and his finishing just wasn't that great either yeah he's also he's also sort of sort of uh, just a little bit further behind Ings but yeah I, I would really worry about uh, these Villa guys without without uh, Grealish there so I think it's just an avoid for now interesting and uh, Everton so first of all commiserations if you and Antonio owner and a Calvert-Lewin owner <laughs> and if you somehow had Son in your team and Dyer, you're probably wildcarding if you didn't already wildcard the previous week or whatever yeah. that must be an absolute mess to deal with but uh, the one player that we've been speaking about now looking at Everton's defense they still don't seem that great they always seem they're not bad but they always seem to be conceding like that one goal one goal one goal all the time which is quite frustrating from an FPL perspective but uh, attacking wise you know guys like you know we, we know that Calvert Lewin's done uh, consistently well but now Demari Gray you know we spoke about him as a budget enabler and then uh, what was the other guy um, the one who always shoots on side Andy Tyler not Andros Townsend, not Andy Townsend. Yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. Um, so they, I suppose they have a few budget enablers, but the one that we want to talk about is Demario Gray. So you said that he's also came up quite high on the on your 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 ratings as well. So in terms of the budget options, he's does he rate better than Conor Gallagher, for example? Yeah, he's far better than Gallagher. Um, but the but the thing to consider is that he is, you know, his his um, delta at the moment on the model is, you know, this season it's two hundred and sixty five percent. Sky high. <laughs> it's sky high, and on the model we sort of take take an in between. It's at one hundred and eighty seven. So even that, I think, you know, I'm gonna have to maybe do some some modeling changes just to really get rid of the outliers. But um, I think he's the best uh, Everton option at the moment. And uh, I think if you're going to go Everton option, I think go Gray. I think in terms of forwards, they're, they're better guys, I think, than Calvert Lewin, to be honest. Um, he scored two penalties of, of his, I think, three goals. Um, so and it's I would... not very high quality chances that he's been getting either. It's not like, so yeah, uh, I, I agree with you there. I think there are better options out there. Yeah, so I, I, you know, I think Gray's the, the Everton option at 5.7. Give him a bit of a punt. Um, if he works out, that's great for the balance of your team. And if uh, if he doesn't, he's 5.7 mil, and you you're still going to pick up, uh, you know, you know the minute points and the odd clean sheet points. And yeah, it, it feels almost like a free hit with 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 Gray at that price. And looking at his fixtures, well, Villa up next, Norwich, then Manchester United game week seven. But then after West Ham, Watford, Wolves. So it, it's not a bad run of fixtures to try and take a player like Gray through, to try and carry him through, especially at 5.7. Yeah, and, and you know, he's also at the kind of price point where if you, if you do have quite a nice balanced team, 
he could even be that first bench option, uh, you know, or, or that player that that can come in when when you do have those weeks with injuries and things like yeah, that. So yeah. it really depends on how much money you, you're putting into other players. But I think uh, overall, he's a, he's a good option. Yeah, inter- interesting. Definitely one that I'm looking at now that I'm you know that I've activated my wildcard. I'll just need to decide if there's nothing else that I want to do with my team, then he'll <laughs> probably, you know, there's always that thing that, you know, where else do I want to use the money? You know, what else do I want to do? And then, but yeah, so uh, I'll just need to decide uh, how I'm going to approach him. And then, um, then on to the Sunday fixture. So, you know, um, the team, which, uh, you know, the, the previous XG United Brighton, up against Leicester so what do you make of that Brighton do look much better but aren't they fixtures I think their fixtures are about to turn a bit if I'm not mistaken now or not yeah they do, they do look like they, they're going to start getting a little worse um, I've got that game at, a, at, a, at pretty much as a dead heat I think it's you know my model's got it exactly 50-50 so I think that's going to be interesting I don't I don't see a ton of goals in it either I think uh um, you know, Leicester. Well, no, no, in in this game. I think you can probably bank on a one-one. To be honest, they're, they're at one one point three and one point uh, one point three. Yeah. So their clean sheet odds are. What have we got? Uh, Brighton at twenty nine percent and Leicester also at twenty nine percent. So they're pretty similar. Uh, you know, you could, there's nothing absolutely none of the indicators to to split them. So, so you're saying that if you really want to be frustrated, have a defender from each team and then watch the clean sheets get wiped <laughs> out on both sides. <laughs> Th- that's probably true. But uh, I would expect a low-scoring game, to be honest. Cool. And uh, then West Ham and Manchester United. So uh, now we know that Antonio is, um, is, um, is, is suspended for this game. We also know that uh, Ben Rama is not good anymore because he's blanked two game weeks in a row now. And uh, West Ham has just not uh, been good value for defense either. And then they come up against a Manchester United team who have, uh, who probably just go crazy captaining Ronaldo this week and probably anyway. So, um, (laughs) but uh, look, um, interesting one over there. What do you make of this fixture? Yeah, I think it's going to be goals for United. I think that you know they're at one point six uh, predicted goals, which is the third highest for the week. Um, you know, I think Ronaldo is definitely a captaincy option. Um, you know, if I had to, if I had to pick three captaincy options, it would be Salah from Liverpool, probably um, Mane, probably in second if you if you owned him, and then Ronaldo afterwards. Um, the only person I would I would pick above Ronaldo actually would be Wilson if he's fit. He's he's quite in, quite an interesting punt for the week. Uh, his stats come in higher than uh, than Ronaldo's do because uh, I think that game for Newcastle is just so good. But um, you know, in terms of attacking output, uh, but he's up there. He's in he's in seventh place on, on the on the on the captaincy lists. But uh, quite interesting that Trent is is higher than him for this week. Wow! Just imagine, eh? uh, captaining Trent. That would be quite. Uh, that would be the, quite that, bold. Yeah, yeah, that would be quite bold. I don't think I have it in me to go <laughs> and captain. I, I I struggle at the best of times to captain my my non-premium attackers, let alone defenders. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is yeah. it is an out there one, but uh, 
Look, I mean, I think with his clean sheet pot uh, potential as high as 49%, I think. You sold me on it, okay? Yeah. Fine. Triple captain on Trent. <laughs> watch him score. Watch him keep a clean sheet. Three bonus points. Three bonus points. Yeah. It's happening this week, you know. <laughs> 15 points times three. It's coming my way. 45, 45 points in the bag. Golden. <laughs> I, I can see the free kick going in already. <laughs> I mean, he's already scored one as we're speaking now because we, we, we overlap into the Liverpool uh, AC Milan game so all you need is just that just deflected goal fine and we sorted out eh? exactly. <laughs> and then um, last fixture probably the, the the big one of the we weekend is Spurs and Chelsea now two teams that kind of like Spurs started off winning three opening games Chelsea also have looked so good uh, almost like uh, they look like a I want to call it like they don't look particularly entertaining but they're almost like functional like a machine of some sort you know yeah and, uh, they're like a football robot at the moment aren't they? exactly yeah football robot that, that, that that's a good description of them and uh, it's like they just look like they they have it's like okay well they need that little bit extra to go and get a win in a game and they can go and do it or they can do whatever it takes to to hold on as well so what do you make of this game? Because I, I don't necessarily think it's cut and dry that, that Chelsea come away with the win. I mean, though we took them to do so. But it just feels like, I don't know, like it could have a nil-nil written all over it as well. Yeah, the, the model pretty much agrees with you. I think uh, Chelsea are only very slight uh, favourites at 54 to, to 46. And the, in terms of predicted goals, Chelsea are at 1.4 and Spurs at 1.3. So... You really are heading towards a 0-0-1-1 type of uh, situation. Right, right, right. So um, let me ask you the question then, right? So uh, if you're wildcarding, because, you know, I've asked you these questions offline as well, so I may as well just put it out there, right? Do you kind of get your Chelsea players in now and just play them through these next two fixtures? Or do you just maybe look at saying, well, yeah, you know what, it's just two fixtures, keep hold of your other players and maybe switch, let's say, from Manchester United to Chelsea players in Game Week 7? I, th I think you, the, the thing to be careful of is planning too many transfers. Yeah. So I think if you're going to go for two Chelsea players that you that you ultimately want by Game Week 7, I think you've got to pick at least one of them now. Um, and, and probably the one that makes the most sense is to go someone like uh, James or Alonso in defence, pick them now and then look at uh, maybe rotating Ronaldo into Lukaku, which just also gives you a nice little bit of cash in the bank to yeah. sort of fund yeah. any any potential hiccups that happen, you know, after the after game week seven. Yeah, no, I, I suppose I'm putting the question out there because the, that's kind of along the lines I'm thinking as well. Like booking one transfer is fine. Booking two is a bit dangerous because as soon as if, if if one of the other players get injured or whatever it is or you're sitting with two one or two injuries in the team then it could end up throwing all of your plans out you know uh, um, you know out of the window and it just becomes so difficult to 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 be able to to shape your team up again yeah exactly you you're always going to be so that the, planning too many too many transfers with your wild card is the biggest mistake i've always made in the past and i, and I see a lot of people doing the same thing and it's really it's so hard to avoid because you just want to try and maximize your points and i'm going to bring this player in here and this player in there but ultimately just trying to pick a team that's solid for like six to ten weeks that's going to serve you the best yeah yeah all right well look um 
I wish everybody the best. I wish myself a much better game week than <laughs> game week four, especially since, you know, I, I've kind of had like mixed results after wild carding. Sometimes I do okay. Sometimes I'll just have this absolutely crap week, but then, you know, it kind of picks up after that because, I mean, you know, like you say, generally when you wildcard, you're building a team for, you know, for, for, for quite a number of game weeks anyway. Yeah. And also, to be fair, I am kind of a fan of wildcarding around this time, especially after the, 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 the transfer window closes and the international break. I think I may have spoken about this before because, you know, now we have a full picture of who the players are, what their prices are. In this case, we were even fortunate enough to get two new premiums into the game as well, which um, which is probably an added bonus. And we also know which, you know, how much have teams changed, the tactics around them, the um, which bandwagons to, to, to jump on and so on. And that's why I like to play the 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 wildcard within like the first five, six, seven game weeks. And I feel like uh, for my case, I won't have much of a team going five as it stands. But yeah, yeah it, it's going to be interesting to see, see how the next uh, few few game weeks shape up. And uh, yeah, then maybe we can just come, you know, but like I said, you know, looking at it now, I've kind of just reassessed and I felt, uh, you know what, it, I think it's time for me to, to just refresh my team up a little bit. And uh, yeah, and I think the, the main thing for me was just getting my team structure right and then I'll take it from there. Yeah, good luck with that. It's going to be, it's, it's always tough to get that structure and that balance right, but uh, hopefully you get it all right and uh, the, the week pays off. Yeah, and if, and if that doesn't work, then, you know, just before the deadline on Friday, I'll just go with three premiums and, uh, you know, and, and unbalance <laughs> my squad again, you know. Just just triple Captain Trent and, you, and you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'll go with the three premiums and I'll triple Captain Trent. Then, then, <laughs> then, then that's 100 points loading right there. Then, 